Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest with me today is my friend Sean. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing Chapter 58 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In Chapter 58, Lizzie and Darcy go for a walk and he proposes. It's a good one. It's a lovely one. We talked about the word tease with a Z last chapter. Do you remember? We talked yes. about the spellings. And you were going to look it up. I did. Now, I can't find the reference that I did find, but certainly in English language, tease can be spelt with a Z or a, an S. But there's also a tease with a Z, which specifically means to pull apart. And it was designed, it, or rather it originated in when they were doing wool and they were separating and the they're threads. they're teasing the wool. They're teasing ah. the wood. wool. So it could be used either, from Jane's perspective, it could have been either with S or Z. But if she deliberately, definitely meant it with a Z, then it could mean more about the pulling apart of arguments, potentially, or of thoughts, rather than of teasing somebody. Interesting. So I didn't actually go back to double check. Thank you for doing research, though. I don't do research. I just talk. <laughs> Darcy turns back up, which is quite exciting and unexpected because Lizzie thinks he's not going to turn back up. And Bingley's like, let's go for a walk so he can get Jane alone. And they lag behind. And then Kitty was much too much afraid of Darcy to talk because there's Kitty, Elizabeth and Darcy talking, walking together. And it says Kitty was too much afraid of him to talk. Elizabeth was secretly forming a desperate resolution and perhaps he might be doing the same. And we know that he was, although maybe his might not have been as desperate because it seemed like he, he was a man with a plan. Mm. He came in with a plan. He knew what he was doing. And she preempted him mm. again. And then Kitty runs off to see Mariah Lucas and Lizzie went boldly on with him alone. I love that word boldly because uh, technically they should not be walking in the country by themselves. I know, but the boldly is, unfortunately, I still always think boldly going where no man has gone before. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek. So she preempts him mm. and talks about, you know, thank you for saving my sister, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, your family owes me nothing. Much as I respect them, I believe I thought only of you. And what a contrast to his last proposal when he was disparaging her family. And here he's saying that he respects them. It does show his change of attitude. And let's be honest, he's met the two most sensible members of the family with Mr. and Mrs. Gardner. It's very true. I love that he got to meet them and yes. didn't just dismiss them because they're in trade. Mm. We don't actually get the words of the proposal. It says he expressed himself on the occasion as sensibly and as warmly as a man violently in love can be supposed to do. Because we don't often get, I don't know if we ever get the words of a proposal from Jane Austen. No, because not even, I think, when I remember the persuasion Again, it's more about the the feelings and the, you know, rather than actually, nobody goes down on the knees with the... No, that's a very modern invention, oh, isn't it? Ridiculously modern, yes. I'm sure it is. A Disney invention. A Disney invention, you reckon. Mm. Um, and then they walk on and get themselves lost because it says without knowing in what direction. There was too much to be thought and felt and said for attention to any other objects. Which really is exactly what it's like, isn't it, when you're in the absolute you're in love. throes of being love. I did like the reference that she learned that they were indeed indebted to Lady Catherine 
for their present good understanding, but not quite in the manner to which she expected. No, Lady Catherine thought that doing this would separate them, mm. not bring them together. But she does like to be useful. Oh, yes. Isn't so she... there some comment about that? She does like to be useful. Or maybe that was in the movie. I, th I think it must be in uh, the next chapter. I, I really love the sentence about, I know enough of your disposition to be certain that, had you been absolutely irrevocably decided against me, you would have acknowledged it to Lady Catherine, frankly and openly. <laughs> and then it, with Elizabeth coloured, so she's obviously quite self-conscious about, you know, she recognises that sometimes. And that, and that after abusing you so abominably to your face, I could have no scruple in abusing you to all your relations. So she's fairly honest in that. <laughs> Lizzie brings up the trip to Pemberley and asks, did you blame me for coming? He's like, no, I wanted to show you that um, that I didn't resent the past, etc., etc. My other wishes, however, I believe in about half an hour, uh, introduced themselves, I can hardly tell, but I believe in about half an hour after I had seen you. <laughs> Which is very sweet. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to try and pressure her into marrying me. But then half an hour later, he's like, no, but I still want to marry her. Though. Yes, yes. Still going to happen. Still going to have her. I think the other further, uh, just referring back about the when they were still talking about the letter and their behaviour, and there's that classic phrase about had you behaved in a more gentlemanlike manner, yes, which obviously touched it because he'd almost more than anything else he'd always prided himself on being a gentleman mm. in the true sense of the word not just as an, a member of the aristocracy yes yeah, so that really hurt his pride yes and that was one of the things that you underlined while we were reading that he refers to himself as having pride mm. in left to follow them in pride and conceit Ah, yes, I was given good principles. Mm. And then Lizzie identifies herself as prejudiced. Mm. Um, I don't know where that one is. Never mind. And Darcy gives his permission <laughs> to Bingley to propose to Jane. And Lizzie says, you had given your permission, I guess, as such. And though he exclaimed at the term, she found that it had been pretty much the case. And the other thing is, He'd already decided at the inn that he was going to follow. So his introspection was not because he was trying to escape from Lizzie, but trying to think about what I can do to make a difference, what he could do to make a difference. Yeah, just when she resolve. thought that her powers over him were, mm. were failing. Yes. In fact, it was completely the opposite. And she also asked, was it about from his own observation or did he just refer to her information from last spring. To see whether mm. Jane loved Bingley. Bingley, of course, is most unaffectedly modest and his diffidence has prevented his depending upon his own judgment in so anxious a case, which is why he tends to rely on Darcy. Mm. We forget that he's a very young man. He's still only 24, I think, in the book. And... He would have been dominated by his two elder sisters. Do we know that Caroline is older? We she assume might Mrs. Hurst is. Yes. She, Caroline may not be older, but she's certainly the far more dominant character. And to a certain extent, Bingley hasn't really found his place in the world because he's now in that transition state of trying to move from trade into gentry. So he hasn't really got his sense of achievement of being 
having achieved anything in trade first to fall back on do you know what I mean he's just got his education and his, his... And he was just given a whole bunch of money yes I wouldn't complain <laughs> I think few would I, th- I do like the when he explained about um, Jane being in London for mm. three months and not telling him he was angry but his anger, unpersuaded, lasted low longer than he remained in any doubt of your sister's sentiments, which was probably about thirty seconds after <laughs> Darcy had already convinced him that. Uh, Isn't it nice that he's a forgiving friend? He's a very forgiving friend. He's a loyal friend, and I think he's you know sometimes underrated. You know they're often betrayed, and even Jane does a little bit about them because they're so nice that they'll you know everybody takes advantage of them. I think that's possibly too too harsh on them i think they know what's right and wrong and things but they just haven't the same confidence their own value beyond the i've got money or i've got looks because yeah they're both summed down to those small parts aren't they yes nobody ever tells them how how clever they are or how witty they are you know he's always compared to caroline who's very sharp and and Elizabeth, of course, or Jane's, definitely doesn't come up with the wit of, or the learning of, of Jane, of Elizabeth, rather, the right way round. So there is that sense of doubt, I think, about their own ability to come to good conclusions, come to their own conclusions. They're still reliant on other people. That's so lucky they found each other. Yes. Because they could have both been used so awfully oh, by somebody. Awfully. Oh, you could imagine, I mean, if Bingley had found an equivalent of Caroline. Fortune hunter. Mm. His life would have been miserable. Mm. And I think he's got the opportunity to gain depth with Jane. And he certainly would find much more about what being involved in living as a gentleman would be. Because for all the failings they they did know how to keep house and um, she's, a, be, gentleman's she's daughter. a gentleman's daughter and be part of the community mm. you know the visiting the, the sick and all that sort of thing and being that presence that is something that we don't have in this book though interestingly that they we don't see them visiting doing charitable visits no uh we don't do we because that's really that's emma isn't it yeah emma emma's that. the only one we really see doing it yes but we just assume that the others are doing it because it's part of their duties as a gentlewoman. And they are well-known. The girls are well-known and well-liked. Well, there's certainly enough of them. Yes. They could send them all out and do the whole village in one day. Mm. And that is our summary of Chapter 58 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!